Hey guys, welcome to Minefield. My name is Joshua Michael. I'm starting with this nice big fat waveform on my fucking recorder right now. It's gorgeous. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm alright. My best right. friend, best friend Colin right there. Who? What? Me? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, we've had a fucking crazy week, haven't we? It's it's been intense. Uh when I get my son for a week, I don't want to answer work calls. I don't want to answer uh anybody. And I kind of want to disappear because I just don't get enough of my kid. And to have him here and the kind of weather we've had, just being able to roll around and play and, and do what we're doing, it's cool. Uh, so, yeah, it's been hard for me to keep up with anything. No, I love that freedom, man. That sort of freedom, I mean, you don't have to explain yourself to no one. You got your boy, fuck everyone else. You've got that freedom, eat it up. Mm. I'm, I'm, I know you guys had a great time this week. Yeah, man. We did some Marvel Munchkin today. Uh, finally got that X-Men set. That one was I didn't nice. really want for a long time. And then I picked it up thinking... I, I kept looking for it, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And uh, I'm glad I found it at a game store. Didn't have to get it online. I did price it out online several times thinking, maybe I should do this, maybe I shouldn't. And then I didn't end up getting it at a Barnes & Noble or... Finding it at some other, I got it at a at an actual game shop. I got it at um, uh, Night Arm Games in Stillwater, Oklahoma. So shout out to you guys, and uh, I was just happy they had it because I haven't seen it in a long. I haven't seen that expansion for a long time. <clears throat> yeah, I was sick as a dog, man. On fucking Monday, I uh, I saw that the cafeteria at work had wedding soup, and I love wedding soup. You know, it's it's orzo pasta, like a stew with like spinach and. Italian sausage and like an hour afterwards and it was a mistake but I didn't want to go throw up at work and I really wish I had because it man it knocked me in my ass like it just overinflated me like I'm still fucking tender I, I finally managed to eat last night and I uh, just ate a shitload of fucking pizza and uh but yeah I'm oh, you got the you got the Marvel Munchkins I got that I actually just got a really kick-ass deal off of TKO Studios they've got their next uh, I guess they're doing things like annually because they kind of want everyone to binge it. Where yeah. they they uh, re they release oh, everything yeah. on different formats, digital, uh, print, uh, print, single issues comes in a really nice little box. They're oversized comics actually, but not oversized uh, in the traditional sense. Like they're not like golden age uh, type uh, size. They're not like if if you guys aren't familiar with that, if you've if you've ever got your hands on like the first um, twelve issues of the Tick. The, those are golden age size. These are these are bigger. They come in a nice box. You can buy the uh, actual uh, uh, graphic novel and again like the digital. But I've got the the first set that came out last year: Seven Deadly Sins, The Fearsome Doctor Fang, Sarah, and Goodnight Paradise. But they just had a killer fucking deal: buy one get one. And so I got Eve of Extinction, pound for pound, uh, written by my good buddy and Andy Belanger. Uh, thank you, Mike Ruth, for teaching me how to actually pronounce his fucking last name. <laughs> Sentient and the and the banks, these are not released yet. These are going to come out in the, uh, in, uh, I want to say mid-summer, but at least I say 50 bucks. And uh, I was talking to Andy the other day, and he's actually finishing the last issue of uh, Pound for Pound. It's an MMA, like, uh, melee, like, some sort of, like, mystery-type story, but with lots of MMA violence. And his, his artwork has gone leaps and bounds from what he was doing on... Uh, Southern Cross with uh, Becky Cloonan. It's oh, not that yeah. it was. It's not saying it was bad. It was great in, in Southern Cross. But like what he's doing, man, he's had the time. He's he's been in Spain. I think he's moving actually back uh, to Canada 
uh, in the next like couple weeks, actually, I saw that he was going to miss a, a convention for that uh, to move back because his wife was actually going to school. And he's been there for almost almost an entire year. I just love seeing his photos because he's always going to like art uh, art galleries, just visiting historical monuments with his little daughter. And if y'all don't know him, he's actually the animal, Bob the Animal, uh, in, a professional wrestler in Canada as well. So obviously, you know, we like him. Wait, he's writing and drawing, and he's a wrestler also. He's drawing and okay. wrestler also. Wow, man, that's dicey. You don't want to yeah. mess up your wrist or your fingers. He, he, I actually asked him about that. He, 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 he actually mentioned that the boys know to stay away from the hands. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> Forget that kayfabe then. <laughs> yeah, that's some good kayfabe there, and also, man, like uh. Uh, we we just got some new mock shirts, man. That was that was fucking For rad. Real? Yeah, shout out to Pro Wrestling Tees. We got the new uh, Mox New Japan Pro. Uh, was it Grave Rider? Thank you. Uh, um, yeah. Wait, what Grave Rider? Was it Grave Rider? Because it's not it's not the uh, it's not the uh, Dirty Deeds anymore. What's what's the back of the shirt say? Is it Death? That's it. Death, that, Death Eater. Death Rider. Death Rider. Death Rider. Yeah, Death Rider. So it's now Death Rider, and he's cut some killer promos. Uh, we mm-hmm. watched the. Uh, the New Japan Pro match last night. Well, actually, we watched a bunch of those last night. That was fucking rad. Uh, New Japan Pro really got some extra life breathed into them from that. Uh, I don't Dude. know. Was that a gimme or, or, or some sort of extra? It, it, it happened. So it's Dude, great. That one snuck up on me. I just remember uh, like checking out some Facebook and seeing a post about it and going, wait a minute, what? And then I texted you thinking you must have known, and you said that you guys were just getting ready to watch it, and I was going, oh, man, I hope it didn't spoil the win. But, uh... Oh, no, yeah. we, no, uh, Tom ruined that for me bright and early, like, 5 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Wednesday morning. That's fine. It was going to happen. I, I, it, it, it doesn't bother me because my, like, like my bros that text me about fucking wrestling, their, their heart's in the right place. They just get excited. So, fuck it. We're going to watch the match. Yeah. It's going to be just as good. I mean... It's not like that one time when I was watching uh, Double or Nothing and someone ruined the, you know, appearance of Moxley. I who the fuck did that? I don't know, man. I just remember saying that Dwight the Rock Johnson was Dwayne the Rock Johnson was there, and you lost your mind about about the about the uh, about John Moxley. <laughs> well, we got some new Mox shirts. I can't believe we when we were watching that, that you were we were a sequential. I you were I was a half an hour ahead of you. That was the first yeah. time that's ever happened. There's no no wonder you were you were hacked, but uh, Dude, well, I'm yeah. surprised I was hacked because we we're fucked up. Like we were, <laughs> I managed, I managed to get mad when I was that fucked up, and then I I quickly got over it because I love you. Yeah, man. What uh, I I actually got to get my boy. He was able to watch some uh, raw with me on Monday night before bed, and and uh, which I'm really disappointed. I haven't had a minute to watch the uh, thing that went down between uh, Seth Rollins and uh, Brock Lesnar. But I saw all that crap about it online. It's the same thing. Oh, you can't. You was, can't get away. It was. It, it was the epitome of shit in the bed. <laughs> like, yeah. Does it matter in the end? I mean, it, it was. It, it was terrible. PTVs. Yeah. Last week I had uh, I had my boy on Tuesday, and I was over in Tulsa, and uh, we were playing Pokemon at uh, Dice Addiction in Tulsa, and uh, we had his we had my boy's cousin, so we were trying to do like a Commander three direction nice. Pokemon match. This dude comes in with an Alexa Bliss shirt on, and I was like, are you wearing an Alexa Bliss shirt? He's like, yeah, totally. And then he said something else not looking at me, and he was saying that SmackDown was in Tulsa that night. I didn't realize that. I don't know why I don't know when these 
these shows are coming up. Like, I need to check the schedule for the year and see. Like, I maybe could have got my kid to be able to go to that. Uh, it's in the middle of the summer. He didn't have anything he had to wake up for the next day. It would have been awesome. But I ended up just, like, going down there and getting tickets and, and checking out SmackDown. It was a lot. It was fun, but it was also different. I think the best thing that came out of it was, like, there was a lot of Roman Reigns love. I was really happy for that. Because, I, honestly, I think the guy deserved it at this point. But yeah. He probably deserved it before all of the uh, illness stuff. From I, was, year. I was just bummed that uh, we didn't know that Matt Price and his family were there, man. I know. Dude, it took me uh, finding photos on Facebook the next day. And I don't know... I, you know, I just got one ticket, so they could put me anywhere in the, in the place. And they were a little farther away, and it was him and his, his uh, all his daughters and his wife. Yeah, but they were, they they were fully geared out, though, man. Oh, I like, know. The, yeah. yeah. Next time I'm That's, down there, I'm going to, well, man, yeah, he's, I don't catch him in the shop very often. We're talking about Matt Price, who owns Speeding Bullet Comics on Porter Avenue in, in Norman, Oklahoma. Norman, uh, Oklahoma. We have maybe. talked many, many times about that place, because... Uh, that's We're going to keep I, talking about it, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had my first comic book shop, and then I had my second comic book shop, but that's the one that I worked at. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's a great place. I went and I, I hung out with Dan there for most of an afternoon uh, recently after a job got over, and um, I'm still looking for that Spider-Man collection, the uh, 140s to 150s, uh, to cover that time period following the... Um, uh, Life and Times of Spider-Man issue number two, uh, very oh Gwen, yeah yeah you Gwen were Stacy heavy issue that one was heartbreaking. We they talked about able the to third pull one. it off. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah we, we talked did. about we the talk- third one. We weren't too hot on that one. Something there were some major problems with that one. So I, at the last time we talked about comics, I think we had uh, we were we were going over that, but we don't have a new one this week uh, in, yeah, well, in the Life and Times of Spider-Man. Well, tell me what you got for this week, brother. Um, I did pick up Daredevil number six, which kind of launched off a whole new thing for Matt Murdock. I'm really glad to be reading Daredevil again, uh, because I have years worth of Daredevil stacked up in a long box that I figure I don't want to go blind, but if I have some long hospital stay, I'll sure sit down and read. Um, I've got, uh, we got Fight Club three. I got the, uh, Star Trek year five issue number two. I'm not giving up on that. It is awesome. I'm sticking with that book. Uh, I got the end of the hunted saga in Amazing Spider-Man. So that's issue number 22. And then I picked up uh, the IDW Magic the Gathering Chandra issues one and two. And I know you picked up the one and we'll get into it with that. But uh, uh, yeah, we have a, a we have a kind of a similar opinion on that, I think. So that's kind of helpful. And then, of course, books came out this week. And I did pick up books, but like I say, my boy's been here, and that is a 100% attention. So what did you pick up this week? Yeah, we're a little behind. That's fine. Uh, no big deal. I mean, like, our listeners are pretty uh, steadfast. Uh, I got uh, Killer Groove number one. Uh, that one was interesting. Uh, uh, TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 94. Uh, Thanos number two. Of course, Fight Club number three. Uh, I keep fucking jizzing all over it, but I can't not. The Immortal Hulk. <laughs> The Immortal Hulk number 18. Yeah. Um, what else do I got here? Thanos, Turtles, uh, Doomsday Clock, 
Doomsday Clock, we need to uh, wrap that one up on a long box issue because okay. that is... Tell me the that, whole thing about it, yeah. That ties directly into the end of Heroes in Crisis, which I could not believe. Uh, just real quick, because I'm not going to like talk about it and what happened. It's just that we all knew it. If you guys read comics and you have been for the past, uh, I want to say, 12, 15 years. Uh-huh. Jeff Johns is a genius in this. I, I, I can't. I, I don't know what Alan Moore thought when he probably read this. Of course, he read it. There's, there's no way he. Oh, didn't of course. Read this. There's, there's no way he didn't watch Watchmen, even though he told told him to take his name off of it. But I, I can imagine he was either like, you know, good job, lad, or, or fuck, someone bested me. Uh, it's, it's that goddamn good, especially the way it tied in with uh, Heroes in Crisis. Um. I have Batman. a point to make there, but uh, I'll save it for when we're actually longboxing that. Cool. Uh, Batman, uh, Last Night on Earth. Uh, oh, I did pick I, that one up recently. Uh-huh. Yeah, I picked I picked it up and I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, so, no kidding. Uh, so I didn't want I don't want to talk about it. Um, mm. Even though I don't like Fight Club Three, uh, the one the latest one we we have to analyze. That Wait, you don't like Fight Club Three, or you don't like the most recent issue? You know what, dude? I don't think I like Fight Club Three. Okay, yeah, I'm willing to wait until the end to see what how it goes and if it's all a big trick. But uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh huh. Well, let's let's just go ahead and talk about it. Go ahead and yeah, let's hit let's hit that Fight Club three. Uh, well, it would have been like I don't know. Gosh, it was been a while since I read it actually. But um, what I got the David Mack cover. That was I'm very happy about that. Um, we're still looking at the uh, misinformation page on the front, and uh, I'm not writers seeing, credits. I, Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, yes, we got... It's Chuck Palahniuk. It's uh, Cameron Stewart doing the art, interiors. Dave McCaig doing colors. Letters are uh, Nate Pecos for Blambot. Blambot. Not. Not. This, is, this isn't VC. Uh, and you can tell because it... That's, you know, the quality... I hadn't even thought of it. It looks hand done. You're right. And that's nice. That's nice. Because... I'm used to seeing something that is, you know, a collective of uh, typed out stuff. This is pretty great. Uh, and then, yeah, you got your David Mack cover, your Duncan Figredo cover. And honestly, if you're not getting the David Mack one, I'm not saying that you're a terrible person or anything, but I just think you're missing out. Because um, it's the definitive. It is. It's, I mean, it's just it's what 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 you got to stick to. It's, that's where the creativity is for this. Uh, no diss to uh, Duncan Pegredo, but anyways, um, what do we? I mean, what do we have here? We still got issues going on where it, this could all be happening in the in their kid's head. I don't know. We don't know what's going on. Stuff is plain, plainly going on in the uh, uh, inside the painting, that magic frame that shows the right the, the beauty valley, the natural natural valley. What I did like was the cover or the calendar aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, this month has sequences of actual activity going on that makes a little bit more linear sense, but they only focus on that for a second. So I don't know what we're guessing at, but I did dig that the Paper Street Soap, soap Company house is being shown in its condition of being wrecked by a wrecking ball. And there's a right. hand, like a, a corpse hand, reaching out of the ground. So I'm well, presuming that that's Robert Paulson. It's got to be Robert Paulson. You read my mind. Yeah. He's the, he's the only one we know that they buried there. Yeah. But, um... I, how do you yeah, feel, you like... How do you, how do you feel about how they portray casual sex? 
Is there any real casual sex going on here? Well, I mean, okay, so Marla's forced to blow that guy, but even then, it's not even a big deal. Like She's they, forced they, to they... blow him, but that's a rape. Agreed, but the fact that it's not a big deal, and all the sex that's happened in this entire, in, in, in 2 and 3, has been, I don't know, I just, uh, I guess I'm just getting older. <laughs> like, huh. yeah, I guess I'm just getting older, and it's one of those things like, yeah, I know, yeah, there she is blowing a guy with a tear down her eye, but does she really care? She probably, thinking about Marla, she, she might have liked it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, especially after what we saw in the last couple of issues with, uh, like, the trio of moving guys or whatever. But they're all More trying to sex. poison her. All of these people have the the tattoo behind their ear, so we know they're all from Guy Off Enterprises. And this is another attempt to get at um, Tyler's child within her. So somehow or another, they're trying to corporatize uh, the Rise. They're trying to corporatize Rise or the Space Monkeys or whatever because you know um tyler is is beyond tyler is a mythical figure a living legend that it's like transcends time yeah i mean it's it's so crazy that the only thing that was coming to my mind there for a second was it's like fight club it's exactly fight club like how could i even go there um what else is it like i'm trying to like, it's, you know, you get, like, a switcheroo going on with Captain Marvel and Rick Jones katanging the nega bands together and their personalities can switch. But you also see them in the same room together as allies. How right. awesome is that? Now, I don't want to go so far as to say it's cheesy in the idea, like, you watch um, uh, Ocean's 12 or something where they've got to make the bad guys... The bad guys were such characters in the first movie that you've got to have them be the uh, be part of the team making the heist in the second or something. That stuff gets annoying. And beyond that, I didn't think Andy Garcia's character was that exciting. But um, I mean, maybe that's where the, maybe that's as simple as it gets. But what what really inspired me was like I don't think that there's anything in here saying that sex is casual because. Maybe she would have liked it, but the guy had a knife to her, and that's terrifying. Right. Well, well, that's that's not my point. My point is okay. that they, they 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 present it so easily, and it's not a big deal. Like, uh, they 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 present it as not a big deal. Yeah, like Jack comes home, or Sebastian, or Balthazar. What are they calling him now? And um, yeah, it's not that big a deal. And then they they get into, I guess. I guess my issue is the fact that I feel that he's overly trying to shock me with ultra violence or hyper violence, whatever, how you, however you want to put it. Cause remember back in the day when yeah. Pulp Fiction, when Pulp Fiction came out, they characterized it as ultra violence. And now I want to say this is hyper violence. Huh. Cause you know, I'm not so sure. that's fascinating, but no, but it, you know, Tyler's hacking up the body and he, they're doing it so nonchalantly. I've read a ton of serial killer books and seen a lot of documentaries. You don't, just nonchalantly hack a body up it's it's difficult to i mean have you have you ever like if for for our listeners if you've never like cleaned a quail if you went quail hunting mm -hmm. if you're if you're a child it's a little upsetting at first or if you ever had to uh, kill a chicken and you see your, your your grandmother pick a chicken up by the head and just spin it and it's not a big deal but to do that to a human being and he's hacking it up with a smile on his face uh after, you know, one minute beforehand, a couple pages beforehand, he's fallen asleep at this boring-ass, uh, um, 
you know, speech. It, it, it just seems really disjointed, and I feel like, I feel like I'm being catered, catered to, like, these guys want violence. These guys want mm. ambiguity. And, and I, I, I don't necessarily always want that. I just want a good story, and I feel that Chuck is kind of going, you know, he's going full speed. This, this, it, it's not bad. It's just I, I feel like he could do better. So that's fascinating because, uh, you know, I recently started thinking about V again. V and V, the final battle. And how Kenneth Johnson, the producer, developer, the showrunner, writer of that TV series, the miniseries. Folks, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. It's freaking astonishing. Try to try. It's hard to find. You can find V, the final battle. But look it up through Mark Singer. Yes, the Beastmaster. And you'll see it as a credit, and then you can see what it's about. The Space Alien Show. The point I want to make, though, is that Kenneth Singer did such an amazing job with the first two episodes of the miniseries that they said there has to be a sequel. So, like, so many months later, there was another three episodes, and these were all movie length. Every one of these. So this this is a two-part and then a three-part miniseries on NBC in 1984, in 85 gotcha. and they kicked ass but then they said let's do a weekly let's do an, a weekly hour series and said i can't do that let's do like what's battlestar galactica's doing let's put out a, a movie every six months or something like that then we can th- but they were like no no, no we don't want to we don't want to keep the sets we don't want to spend the money on that you know blah 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 the development time we don't know if we can keep the actors and the schedules the whole lot of stuff kenneth johnson was like i can't devote the amount of attention to a weekly one-hour series to make it as good as the content you guys just got. And they said, we don't care. This is what sells. This is what we want to do. This is what our advertisers want. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's what's going on with Fight Club 3. Maybe the iron is hot and Dark Horse was like, let's do another one. And he was like, okay, this is a blues riff and B. Uh, watch me for the changes and try to keep up. You know, I mean... Right. What can you right. do? But... In the end, somehow or another, I feel like this this issue, two things. I feel like this was the most linear issue out of the uh, Fight Club 3 stories so far. <coughs> Excuse me. And then I feel like this takes it to a supernatural element. If you've got a baby that is firing abortion pools <laughs> out. That was cool. If you've that got was cool. attempted... Home Abors- abortions with coat hangers. Nice try. That this is taking <laughs> it beyond the realm of credulity, and I don't think Fight Club should go there. The closest thing we ever got to that is when you're watching the movie Fight Club, and somehow or another, um, <coughs> Ed Norton is like kicking himself through the parking garage, uh, looking like he's being dragged on the CCTV and it's terrifying. That shot always scares the crap out of me. It did. It did. That was a that was yeah. phenomenal. That that How that really... with the music there. My god. Oh, hmm. yeah, which we both have on vinyl. I know. I've got it. Dude, I saw another copy of that the other day. It was not expensive, but I did not pick it up. God uh, damn it. You should have told me it was expensive. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh I mean, Fight Club uh, 3, I'm still I'm still down. This is issue number 5. What do we got? One issue left. This does not conform no, uh, to any known. I thought they were going formula. to twelve. Huh? 
A 12? I thought they were going to 12 on this one. I don't know. I don't remember well, where I read the, that, but why not? The last one was the last one was 12. The only was thing it? I Okay, good. I, the only thing I can think of that has any re- uh, redemption for me in terms of okay, like I might be a little unnerved at the moment because for some reason my senses are disjointed and I'm not my usual pervy self. Um what if she's giving birth to the antithesis of Tyler? Oh no, I, that would be awesome. What if he's way more powerful than Tyler? If he can, if this character can, uh, if this child can do the type of stuff on board himself. About. Yeah, I mean, that's that's freaking the, the, intense right there. Think about it, guys. Like, uh, if you guys haven't read it yet, there's a scene where they show Marla trying to get the initial abortion and fires the. Uh, fires at the fucking doctor trying to do the abortion. Like, you trying to kill me? He's like, no, that's your job. <laughs> and and uh, she goes home with the coat hanger, and you don't see insertion, but you see it come out, and the baby can already spell. It bent the coat hanger in a nice try. Think about that. The baby can already spell. At a certain point, I'm looking at this going like, I mean, abortion, abortion jokes. They don't go over. That's that. They're never. They're never going to sell. But at the same time, Not I'm reading now. it. And I'm just like, no, this. I can get this. I understand. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I got in trouble one time back in the day when I was working at the Cracker Barrel, and uh, someone mentioned it was like back in like 2003, and someone mentioned they'd had an abortion, and I was like, well, I don't care, and they're like, why wouldn't you care? And I'm like, because it's not my fucking decision. And second off, why are you guys looking at me like I'm the asshole? She's the one that killed a fucking baby, and then that did not go over well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, guys. By the way, uh, all the uh, uh, thoughts and opinions of Josh and Michael are not reflective upon Colin, or or or, or the Minefields Corporation. <laughs> the Minefields Corporation. Yeah. Yeah. Limited limited liabilities. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to have some serious liabilities because we've. We said some shit. Well, I have. You've, you've been pretty good. I apologize. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Daredevil number six, brother. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, totally got it. Um, yeah, this is a new... Uh, it's still Chip Zdarsky, and um, it is a new direction for what's going on. So this is a new... It's an issue one and out, of, out of probably six and stuff. But it's, uh, like I say, it's, uh, Chip Zdarsky, the penciler is Lalit Kumar Sharma, and the inker is Jay Lyston. And the colorist is Java Tartagila. Uh, I'm doing okay on that one. And then VC's Clayton Cowles lettering. Um, I mean, yeah, this is some time later. I dig that. Uh, what is it? Let me see if I can find the time period. You've got these characters in here who are uh, obviously having to put up with a bunch of crap with uh, uh, racketeering and extortion. And... Um, Daredevil's not Daredevil. It's just Matt through the whole book. Matt Murdock going around, um, being blind, not even being a lawyer now. He's a parole officer. That's a huge switch. I have no doubt that he will one day go huh. back to being Daredevil and also being a lawyer. But um, he's a parole officer, and he's just going around, and he's taking care of business. He meets a new girl who's married, and she is a very juicy, wonderful specimen. Um, trying to find... Blonde. Blonde, no, redhead. no, totally not. She's a dark-haired girl with glasses. She runs a bookstore. Um, you don't know if you're going to see more of her, but you don't introduce characters into a Daredevil book and not do something with them, you know? I right. think the, the interesting... I don't remember Wesley. All those years reading Daredevil preceding this, 
Kingpin never had like a one solitary go-to domo, major domo. And now when Wesley appeared as a character in the Daredevil TV series on Netflix uh, in season one, um, now he's in the books. And it works. So uh, there's that. But like I say, um, we've got that cool Chicago cop who has come to the city to take down Daredevil for some reason or another. But uh, the, his superiors are all pissed at him, and so are all the cops. Because um, uh, he's trying to go after the superheroes, because that's the, that's the M.O. of Wilson Fisk as the mayor. Not to uh, let Daredevil be out there and about. And it's also driving the kingpin nuts that Daredevil's not there for him to, to take down. And not knowing where is he, why isn't he around... Etc., which is kind of crazy because Daredevil is a known quantity to uh, Kingpin as Matt Murdock and has been for some years. No amount of Mephisto granting wishes to Spider Man because of his identity, or no amount of uh, Thanos Snap, or no amount of Battle World. As far as I can tell, I don't know why the Kingpin wouldn't know that uh, Matt Murdock is, in fact, Daredevil. So. So, but it's, I've got stacks and stacks of Daredevil to read, of course, but uh, somebody clue me in on that one if you would. I'd appreciate it. On a, on a subconscious mm-hmm. level, is Murdoch doing this, laying low in order to make... Because you, you know the old saying that desperate men make mistakes. Yeah. And if a desperate man is searching for something he can't find, especially Wilson Fisk, and Murdoch is doing... like the, the idea that he's leaving a high-stress environment to <coughs> probably just as stressful uh, my uncle's a used to be a parole officer i've heard a lot of stories okay no and and laying low but is this is this just like is this a tweener uh issue that is just building mm. momentum building mm. momentum well it's the beginning of the new the new storyline that they've got and honestly, honestly? dude i want to see gr- i love what you're saying i really really love what you're saying um I want to see growth at a certain, like Daredevil finally came to terms with the fact that he accidentally killed a guy in the previous uh, story arc. So for him to say, I'm not going to be Daredevil anymore because my friends and my comrades are telling me that I'm not supposed to. And then uh, I don't know why he's not being a lawyer, though. Because there's no reason why he can't continue to practice law, but I want to see growth for our characters. It hacks me off when they re- when they recant, when they redact things. It hacks me off when they uh, blow off major continuity. So for him to just be like, "No, I'm going to go do this now," I like it, and he seems cool as a cucumber. So if you know, we've seen the kingpin get excommunicated from the United States once in the past because it became obvious what he was doing. So how he's Wilson Fisk here I, and now, I don't really know. Uh, we, we've seen him be a good guy. He's basically Lex Luthor. Yeah. He's a Lex... He, you know, he's a Lex Luthor. I feel like I could trust less than Lex Luthor, though. Somehow or I could, another. I'd, I'd rather get down with the Kingpin than Lex Luthor. Le, Lex Luthor is completely unpredictable. Wilson Fisk... Wilson Fisk, he's like, you know, like if we're going to, you know, characterize this, 
I remember in Reservoir Dogs, like, you know, when Mr. White is, is bitching about Mr. Blonde, like, I can't mm-hmm. believe you brought in that fucking psychopath because you don't know what a fucking psychopath is going to do. This is what he did. Bam, bam, bam. How old do you think that fucking black girl was? 20? 21? And uh, I, I, I see that from Lex Luthor. Fisk is a businessman. He's a mobster. And yeah. those guys have one intention. Money. Power. That's true. Yeah. And they're predictable. You can at least know, okay, he's probably going to betray me because this went wrong or this is where it's going and I've got too much momentum or, or power on this end here. I, I probably got to watch my back. But Luther, no. Next thing you know, a fucking interdimensional portal is going to open up under your fucking legs and you're gonna, no one's going to see you ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. But that's awesome. Like that, that makes me happy, especially because you're you're going in the direction that Daredevil's going to places. Not only that it hasn't gone before, but you're not pissed off about it. You're enjoying the living shit out of it. That makes me really happy. No, dude, I, I want it. I want to see growth in these characters. I want to see them change their lives. That's one of my favorite things about uh, the Vulcans in Star Trek Enterprise is that you realize that Jolene Blaylock's character Tapal is in her second phase of her lifetime. When you have a species that is long-lived, like the Vulcans, they, uh, she was like, no, I was part of the intelligence services, so I have high security clearances and all these, like, connections, and the, you know, the Vulcan, uh, I can't remember what the name of the uh, Vulcan intelligence service is suddenly, but, um, but uh, then she's like, so now I'm in the science, I'm in the science ministry, and I'm, you know, going out into space and stuff. That should be the way it is. Like, why should I always work in the film industry? Sometimes it drives me crazy. Doing it right now. Like, I should find something else to do. You know, I should just write. We'll see what we can do, but I gotta make money. Everybody can change. Our comic book characters can change. You know? I'm not, I'm not, I'm rarely reading Spider-Man because I'm interested in Spider-Man. I'm interested in Peter Parker and it has always been that way. Peter Parker and his relationships with Gwen Stacy, with who's he going to date now? Betty Brandt, Liz Allen, who's he going to date? Like, him running around with Felicia Hardy. Yeah, I love it when it's like, okay, no, it's Felicia Hardy and it's Black Cat, it's Spider-Man and it's Peter Parker. That was convoluted, fun, interesting storylines, you know? Uh, I love him being with Mary Jane. I love all that stuff. And it's the same thing for Matt. Matt Murdock can just be Matt Murdock. He's an interesting enough character. There's no world where he has to put on a mask to be a total badass because right. his radar sense is completely different now. It was like that's what I appreciate about Grant Morrison's New X-Men. They entered a second phase of their mutations, most of them, and that was fascinating. And then it's like, okay, so yeah, you know, get Beast out this... of the X-Men, have him be an Avenger. Hell yeah, that's rad. Oh, that was perfect. I love when Beast goes and goes off on his own. Yeah, this I is, mean, there you have this it. Is, this is why Superman is so stale. Superman oh, just for real. Superman is... What extra power are you going to give him? Oh, he doesn't... I mean, the only... You know, the last time I read anything that I liked out of Superman, legitimately, was All-Star Superman. All-Star Superman, you read my mind. All-Star that was Star it. Superman. Because he was dying. Like, like, like they, they had something to write about. But now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, what are you going to do with him? Like, what what extra, what guy from Krypton that's been gone forever that's mystically showed up, or your dad's back, or you've got a kid now, and he's grown up now, raised by your dad in the future? Uh, I don't care. 
none yeah. of that and 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 it and it comes back to exactly what you're getting to. We're looking for character development because we're developing human beings on our own, and nothing is greater than finding a new record. Uh, like you know, like you know, remember back in the day when you'd, you'd find like you know a new record you connected to all the time. But now, when was the last time you really like found a, an album? Uh, or a new band that really spoke to you that told your story or oh man it happens it it does happen but not not often and now they're that's i'm just i'm just trying to like you know add add extra foundation what you're saying there i get that we we want development we want to relate to people and we're not going to relate to matt murdoch always being the lawyer always winning uh kind of losing getting hurt by the hand if they kept going with that we wouldn't give two shits. And this new guy you're talking about, man, what a great monkey wrench. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I have no fear that he will one day put on the mask and the outfit again. That's fine. Uh, but uh, I don't need to see it for a while, you know? If you're going to kill Jean Grey, kill her for like 10 years. Yep. If you're going to bring her back, bring her back. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, sure, they tried that real hard and they brought her back with, uh, and she was young and whatever. I just don't know anybody who really liked that. You know? No, and and when they brought her back for realsies, uh, they shit the bed on that one. But let's let's move on. Yeah, sure. Let's, uh, let's go back. Let's get on with it. Uh, let's talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number ninety four. Uh, doing a nice segue from Daredevil inspired. <laughs> uh, True. Totally. Yeah, story by Kevin Eastman, uh, Bobby Kurnow, and Tom Waltz. Script by Tom Waltz. Art by Dave uh, Watch, Watchter. Colors by Rhonda Pattison. Uh, letters by Sean Lee and editor Bobby uh, Kernow. Now, okay, so this is one of those tweener issues. Okay, so uh, paramilitary people are, are watching the the mutanimals. They're watching the, the turtles, and they're keeping track of the foot, and they're waiting for their chance to strike. At the same time, though, uh, Shredder's ex, uh, Chunin, um, she encounters the turtles' last episode, and... Splinter's Chunin, who was Shredder's former Chunin, who is now revised and not revised, uh, remade in 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 goodness, and she's she's an overall badass. But they meet in a park, and uh, she gets a she gets a katana to the gut, like straight through, and they're racing to get her to get her taken care of, and they don't know what to do until they realize that the only way to save her, because she's at death's door, is to make the same concoction from the ooze that they had made uh, in earlier issues when they saved uh, April O'Neil's dying cancer-ridden father. And they're, they're trying to get that taken care of. They, they encounter the mutanimals. Uh, the mutanimals are, are, are a, mean, a different... Yeah, yeah they're, they're a different group of, of mutants. Like, uh, all the extraneous characters from the, the cartoon series, like uh, Mondo Gecko... Uh, all those dudes, uh, Mutagen Man, th- they're part of the Mutanimals, and they're they're about to go strike a, a large corporation for, uh, they they want to steal their their uh, genetic information because these guys are trying to to use the ooze to genetically engineer slaves, and Raf shows up, gets who they need to, they take off to go get that concoction, take care of, and uh, old Hob, the the big cat, says, hey, we're about to go take do this do this fucking mission, and Raf's like, yeah, count me in. And at the same time, though, uh, Leo calls up Splinter and says, hey, we fucked up. We did something behind your back. Splinter's leading the foot now, if, uh, if you all haven't uh, mm-hmm, caught up mm-hmm. with that point, point right now. We fucked up. We tried to do something behind your back. You're tuning like, at death's door, and 
also all the mobsters you're working with are were there and they're about to turn on you and splinter is in terms of what you were talking about earlier uh, I've never I couldn't believe this happened splinter ordered assassinations way of who mobsters and he was there he was there, like not not just go kill him. Like he was there when it happened. When they kill all the fucking like like the uh, the mercenary well, uh, mobster guys and the 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 this this mobster guys got his his he- <laughs> his head and neck gripped by one of the Foot Clan foot soldiers. And Splinter says, "Do it, snap!" And like, oh shit, uh, that that was something I didn't see coming. Splinter is. Splinter's on the edge, and the boys know it, and they don't want anything to do with it. And it's it's great development uh, within the Turtles. All of them have their own agenda, but they still remain brothers. Raph is, you know, obviously still Raph, which is going mm-hmm. on this uh, mm-hmm. um, this side mission by a, guy, by a bunch of guys that have nothing to do with them anymore. And Leo is still trying to walk the line, and... Mikey just wants everyone to be friends. Donnie just wants to keep working on uh, experiments with this awesome mad scientist that uh, created uh, Machine Head. Uh, and Machine Head is actually running rogue right now. And I, I, I don't know. I guess they got too didn't long they, on that. Didn't they kill Donatello? I thought they killed Donnie. They didn't kill him. They... One of the uh, during one of the battles with the foot before the big throwdown at the island where the Technodrome was stranded at, uh, he was stomped on by I can't remember if it was either Bebop or Rocksteady, like literally uh-huh. stomped on and shattered his his shell. And in order to save him, the Mad Scientist along with Fugitoid uh, put Donnie's consciousness into Machine Head, and they they kept Donnie's body right. in, st- okay. in stasis until it healed until they were able to transfer it back over. But yeah, that 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 hurt. That that took about a year before that. They they resolved that. And it wasn't just a quick fix like you said like, you know, if something's going to happen don't, don't just like kill Jean Grey and then 2 months later bring her back and then make us fight all these variant issues. No, they really made us wait for that. <laughs> variant. Yeah, the, yeah, yep. I know, right, man? And it, it always it always makes me laugh and feel like I got a variant issue. Like, who gives a shit, man? <laughs> like, uh, it 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 doesn't matter. Just if it, it matters, what it matters to you, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. But like your your variant issue, unless like an amazing artist did it, and it's one out of a million. I, I don't care. I don't. I, I really don't care. Like for example, Spawn number three hundred is about to come out in two months, and yeah, they're probably gonna have like a hundred fucking variant issues, like they did with number one hundred and two hundred, mm-hmm. but uh. What matters to me is the fact that Todd McFarlane is writing it and Greg Capullo is drawing it. Okay. That's the meat and potatoes to me on that one. Yeah, you can have... Yeah, I'm a fucking sellout, man. Like, I bought the variant Alex Ross cover of 100. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's all yeah. right. All right. right. Yeah, what do, you got? what do you got next, man? Let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can get... We got the stuff that where, they're, where they're, they're not doing anything new. Amazing Spider-Man, number 22... The Hunted, uh, Part 6, which just feels like it has gone on and on and on and on for something that probably only should have lasted, like, two issues. What a disappointing ending. Dude, for real. I mean, if, you're, if why are we dragging a corpse out to kill him again? 
I just don't see that. You're never going to beat Craven's Last Hunt. So we nope. just did Craven's Last Hunt again. But at the very least, we created a new Craven character. There was already a Craven character. I don't even know what happened to him. It was Get Craven. I remember the four part or whatever they did in the late 90s, early 2000s or something. And it was a movie related character or a movie producer or something like that. Uh, I haven't read those. <clears throat> but I dig the idea of having a new Craven type character running around. I just don't know why we couldn't have somebody who understands who Craven was do this instead of it being legitimately Craven. Also, I hate Arcade. I don't think Arcade's funny or cool or does anything. I mean, he's just an obnoxious character. We already have the Game Master. So why do we need Arcade? Like, you team up Arcade and Mojo. I get it. That that makes sense. And I think I've seen a story that did that. Didn't the... Uh, wasn't it Avengers Academy or something like that? What, we had something that came out a little while back, and it had Darkhawk in it, and uh, they were on Arcade's Island or something like that. I don't remember that one, man. I remember that uh, when Darkhawk uh, came back in one one-shot, it was like an Arcade's, like, it was like the, the cop was there at Arcade's, like, uh, beat-up old Coney Island-type place. And, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the the suit showed up. Dude, I was so disappointed in this. They... they they really shit the bed, especially with the lizard story, man. Like, I know. okay, the, so the lizard didn't kill those henchmen, and Spidey was all upset about that, and it was all Craven made him feel bad for that sort of bullshit to trick him into trying to kill him. But then he he stops uh, Craven Junior from killing uh, Lizard Junior, and he picks his boy up, and there's no dialogue. It, it's it's, which is fine, and if you if you can do it right without dialogue you can do it right but he runs away picks his boy up and then okay so what is he gonna wander around the sewers forever kill a bunch of people spidey's gonna have to put him back in his fucking place and and help kurt connors again and like they, they completely threw away the story of, of kurt trying to like you know find a cure for his his uh, wife and son yep. and that like so that's i guess that's all fucking out the window now because the inhibitor chips is destroyed and now we've got Craven Jr., who's probably going to go after Mary Jane. And you saw that. Well, look he, at Yeah. Look at the, yeah. look at the preview yep. for issue 23. You read my mind. I was literally about to reference that. You know? Yeah. And I, I don't care. And then the, the entire exposition at the end of it, when fucking Craven is telling him his evil plot the whole time, and he's monologuing, and, oh, my God, I... I just realized you're right. I'm wrong. And, and Spidey's like, literally like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I knew that was a, a good speech, but not that good. And then, yeah, you, you go do what you got to do. I'm going to go climb in this coffin and put on a Spidey suit and get murdered by my son, trick my son into murdering my, me. Um, please. And, and then how long is it going to take for these evil villains to realize that the vulture didn't lead them to shit? See, that's my takeaway. Honestly, if this develops itself into something where we can see Adrian Toomes be more like... That's the Vulture, for those of you that don't know. Uh, uh, be more like the Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming, I could dig that. I mean, my I boy and I that. watched that today. It was the I second time that. I've ever watched it. I liked it a lot better the second time. I think I was... the Vulture. I was, yeah, oh, he was... Man, he made that movie. He Keaton made that movie. Uh, God, Michael Keaton. Mm. Everything he touches is awesome. And if you haven't seen The Founder, by the way, 
you are wasting your life. Go watch The Founder. He delivers a performance in that movie, and you will never look at McDonald's the same way again. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I mean, if they do something with Adrian that way, that would be kind of cool, because consequently, the guy is as old as Aunt May and should have died a long time ago. If you want to have another Vulture <laughs> character, that's fine. Like, at this point, why? We've had Captain America get old, like, three times. Hell, we've, just got saw the, it. we've got the Hobgoblin, you know, just the newer yeah. Goblin. It's a different Goblin. There's, And I loved that. I was like, oh, so this guy found a cache. Is it cache or cache? I never have figured that one out. It's cache. a cache of weapons and bombs and gliders and costumes and stuff. It was like, this is Norman Osborn's former thing. Oh, my God, this is awesome. I'm going to model myself into a Goblin. And boom, it worked. I'm like, I get that. There's got to be vulture tech all over the place. I still get weirded out thinking about that Secret Wars that came out in the early 2000s, that all-painted one where Nick Fury took everybody to uh, what, uh, what, uh, Wakanda? Not Wakanda. Um, Dr. Doom's. Wallachia? Crap. What is Dr. Latveria? Latveria. And uh, had all those guys. And it was just like, at a certain point, I'm like, most of these people are just knockoffs. You know, you've got Lady Octopus and whatever. But, um... Yeah, I mean, ultimately, this this book just kind of left me feeling a little bit deflated. The preview for issue 23 just means there's going to be more. Like, why can't this guy disappear for a while to do what a supervillain does and set up a big, I'm going to get this guy for, you know, all these troubles or whatever. Why is he going after Spider-Man? Why, why doesn't he go after Arcade? Arcade was involved with this. Why doesn't he go after all of the villains, personally? Kill off all of these dipshit, like, doofy villains. Uh, some of them can stick around, and some of them shouldn't. You know, yeah, okay, you know, the mandrel, or not the mandrel, the given, that was heartbreaking. But, um, it's kind of surprising to me that they spent the, yeah, even... The, the given. Wait, what did yeah. I say? You're right. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah I was <laughs> just saying, yeah, the given, like, yeah. what a what a great build-up to a fucking terrible ending. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. All right, let's move on. I got mm -hmm. a, I got Killer Groove. This is an Aftershock comic, and every Aftershock comic I've gotten in the last six months has been phenomenal. Killer Groove number one, uh, entitled Can't You Hear Me? By Ollie yeah. Masters, co-creator and writer, and Eon Marin, co-creator and artist. Uh, Jordi Belair, colorist. Hassan Osman Ilaho, letterer. Eon Marin <laughs> with uh, Triona Farrell, main cover. Uh, this is a neo-noir crime story. Uh, guys, can't really, I'm not going to spoil this one for you. Um, just go out and get it. Basically, a, uh, down-and-out artist, uh, guitarist is, he just can't, he can't get an audience. He's, he can't get money, and he encounters a gentleman in the, in the alleyway, leaving a gig, getting assaulted, and just offs the guy. And okay. music happens, and that's all I'm going to say. And huh. I, I don't want to deprive you from that. I mean, y'all are, like, obviously we give spoilers all the time. Y'all probably know everything that happened and read what, you know, or briefly saw what happened in Spidey, but I'm not going to ruin Killer Groove for you, but I am going to ruin Thanos number two, because this one was thick. Hmm. This one this one was juicy. Uh, Thanos number two, uh, Teeny Howard writer, 
Ariel Olivetti, artist, Antonio Fabella, color artist, VCs, Joe Carmagna. Letterer, goddamn. <laughs> we gotta talk to those guys. Yeah, we gotta talk to those guys. Jeff Deckel, cover artist, and this is continuation from last issue where Thanos is murdering all of his marauders, or whatever mm, he calls right. them. It just trying to get Death to show up, and he sees that Gamora. When this is the, this is the definitive story of when he first encounters Gamora. They just murder all of her entire species, and he keeps her because he saw that she saw Death, and takes her on a ship, and they put her in the brig, and uh, Ebony Maw is fucking with her, in in her jail cell, hands her some food, and kind of pulls back the food. But she wasn't reaching for the food. She was reaching for the knife. Grabs his leg and fucking stabs him. Pulls him in. Grabs the keys and just absconds. Just fucking takes off. And she's hiding amongst the, the, the ship. The, the, the space. Like he makes a point. It's not a ship. It's not. They're not heading to a destination. They're already at their destination. Because that's basically their HQ. And she. She's running. And encounters Thanos. And. He doesn't. He doesn't kill her, because he can hear, um, God, who were they encountering? The, uh, not Ego, uh, what's one of the other Celestials? The... What, Eternity? It, not Eternity, it's, uh, who was it that they were trying to beat to that, to Gamora's planet? Uh, hold on, let me fast forward here. Dude, I'll pull it up. I, I, I'm not sure. I, oh, the Magus, it was the Magus. The, the, yeah, he, he receives, t- uh... Mm-hmm. Uh, telepathic communication from the Magus, and it's hurting his head. Like, one of those uh-huh. things where, like, he's... It's it's a little too much for his brain, but Gamora hears it, too. And they show up, you know, the, the you know his henchmen show up, and like, yeah, you know, yeah, she kind of got out, no big deal. <laughs> and uh, she attacks one of them and murders him. And mm-hmm. he's cool with it. And put her in her cell, get her some food, make her comfortable... Get her some entertainment. Get her a book. Do you like to read? I love to read. Of course you do. Meat and potatoes. Extra side yeah. of gravy. Extra side of gravy cooked just to the exceptional delight that you want. The artwork was expressionistic. It was fast. It was like each panel that moved. It wasn't something like, okay, there's a talking head. No. Everything flowed perfectly. And the the color palette, mmm just that perfect sci-fi like secondary color everything's rusted and and you can cut yourself on anything like everything is encapsulated in this comic book and uh that's I guess true that's all it, yeah that's all it, i guess that's all i really got on that one but that that one i reread twice because it was that good mm, okay How, when was the last time you reread a comic book twice within the same week that you got it oh definitely that spidey one that i talked about the uh the uh Life of Spider-Man, issue number two, <clears throat> the 70s. That one that one kicked my ass. I read it twice. That was right. recent. Uh, man. I mean, I've read a lot of stuff twice. Jeez. Right, right. But even then, like, within the same week, I mean, the last no, time I did I that know. was pretty, it's pretty rare. And when the only time it was a regular occurrence was when I was a kid, and it only had, like, 20 comics in my collection, and that's mm-hmm. all I ever just kept rereading. Yeah. Mm. What you got next, brother? Robotech book. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna say like I got the uh, Star Trek Year Five Number Two. I'm really appreciating this. You and I were talking about this briefly the other day, uh, or the night before last. 
Talking, what did you say about TNG? Uh, you said um, the 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 way they speak to one another is TNG in TOS, right? Oh no! What I said was is the reason why I like this so much is because they're writing it in the style that people in uh, next gen would talk to each other, as opposed to that hokey sixty shit I never I never really liked. <laughs> I throw my head back and laugh. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, it's a little, uh, you know, yeah, some TOS episodes are a little little funky, but I'm going to go one further. Uh, we watched a Star Trek The Animated Series episode uh, the other day, and I could, I mean, it was, it just, it's funky. It is, it is very 70s Star Trek, and it is, uh, it's the original series, it's the original cast, but it's like, they don't talk like this. I like the way they're performing, but the writing is a mess on that show. Nevertheless, it's still good episodes and a lot of fun. But this right, book, right? This book is a second story where the Enterprise crew, the original series crew, has a Tholian survivor on board, and they're trying to communicate with it. And they realize that the Tholians have developed a weapon that can eliminate organic or biologic life forms within its matter stream but uh and can do this without injuring the hull of a ship or the furniture or whatever else it might happen to hit but it's gonna wipe that but it'll hurt those uh, seemingly indestructible creatures on the planet that have been somehow been destroyed right through the tholians yeah yeah and what we what we start to figure out from uh, at least the crew starts to figure this out that they think that elements of the tholian government are eliminating the Tholians at this, basically this, like, uh, murder site, this uh, crime scene that they encountered. And so Kirk has a really great two-page, two-panel splash moment talking to this uh, injured Tholian in the sick bay, talking about how he grew up on, uh, on, uh, oh God, what planet was it? I can't recall. Um, Tarsus 4 and Governor Kodos eliminating people. And, Kodos? Uh, Kodos? Kodos, yeah, Governor Kodos. For, for real, K-O-D-O-S? Man, I just had it. Let me find it. Um, where is it? Simpsons did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Star Trek did it first. Um, no, I know what you're talking about. But, um... Either Kodos or Kolos. Now I'm having a hard time finding it. But that story, they did that. That's what I like. TOS should have called back the previous stuff more often than they did, I think. Because TNG occasionally did. I remember the first time they encountered the Borg, and I was like, oh, the Borg, okay. And then the next time they said anything about the Borg, they were encountering Nagilam that wanted them to select half the crew to kill. And um, they were like, and that was the first, you know, like Nagilam tricked them into seeing a Borg and a Romulan ship. And I was like, oh my God, they're paying attention to previous episodes. I just didn't realize the contiguity, contiguity of open-endedness or non-open-endedness in, in uh, Star Trek at that time. And because the, the next generation never seemed to like go back and do anything with anything that they'd done. And um, I'm sorry, the original series anyways. But uh, 
I like that they're they're calling back things that we know from the first three seasons of Star Trek. And uh, this makes me want to go back and find the year four books. I don't know if anybody's got that or if it's collected. I'm going to check that out. But uh, I don't know. This is just fascinating. I'm enjoying it. I love the way it's penciled. The artwork is spot on. They're the expressions. They don't, they don't just... If this isn't talking heads. This is like a big, wide frame indicated like the like the last couple last page you've got spock uhura some yeoman kirk mccoy Chekhov in a big wide shot they're not afraid to give you excruciating detail they can draw faces they can draw hair they can draw clothes it looks legit it looks real they could be doing this taking it from photographic reference for all i know but one way or another they're making this look really, really good and consistent, and I hope it stays that way. So my hat's off to uh, Jackson Lanzig and Colin Kelly as writers. Stephen Thompson is the artist. Charlie Kershoff is the colorist. I'm going to say that the colors of the uniforms are a little bit muted, but they still sell it. And uh, Neil Uitake is the letterer, and uh, I hope I got that right. Anyway, did we're you read this yet? Yeah, we're no, doing I've not. No, I no, I've not. And you, I'm did looking, you pick this I'm up? I know you picked up the first one, right? Oh no, I got this one for sure. I just haven't okay, read cool. it yet. There, there's a few from the mm-hmm. last week I haven't caught up with, and there's like a everything yeah. from Wednesday I haven't caught up with because it's just been so wrapped up in fucking Moxley. <laughs> Moxley, uh, the Mo- Moxley maintains. Anyway, what do you got? What do you got? What's less? What uh, last for? last thing we got is uh, the Immortal Hulk number eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first page always is all black, white lettering, with a, a a quote. Nothing is intolerable that is necessary. Jeremy Taylor, the rule and exercises of holy dying. Um, guys, I I don't want to ruin this one for you either because this is something for all you hotheads that are looking for the next best thing to collect. If you have not been collecting Immortal Hulk, you've fucked up. <laughs> like I, I, I know y'all are always looking for the next best image comic with the lowest print run or whatever variant cover. If you haven't been reading and collecting Immortal Hulk, you have fucked up completely. Be, especially for you Hulk enthusiasts that are still in the ten year, almost ten year ago afterglow from Jeff Loeb after you know Rolk and uh, the <laughs> everything. Oh, the, the, uh, like back in two thousand eight to like I want to say two thousand. Uh, 2000 maybe 12 mm-hmm. everything they were doing in hulk was important and fun but Loeb was you know working with mcginnis uh hulk number seven i think it was six or six or seven hundred came out i can't remember um but great modok stories we're talking intrigue but this is different this is a true blue horror comic book and if you guys don't realize that go back and reread it and realize this is I mean, specifically, the, the Hulk only comes out at night. Oh, cool. And, and this, this is a, a total, total new version of the Hulk. This isn't just smart Hulk in, you know, whatever you want to say it, dumb Hulk in Banner's body or smart Banner in Hulk's body mm-hmm. or, or vice versa. No, this is completely different. There are murders in this. There is agonizing defeat. There is painful imagery there is resurrections that should not be happening not because 
some writer like, hey, we should bring this guy back. No, no, no. Like, they, they did this on purpose to make you upset. And all I'm going to say about this one, the new abomination, they do the same thing with the new abomination. It's not just Emil Blonsky back to kick the Hulk's ass or to hide and be, you know, I'm ugly, I've got a girlfriend I wish I, you know, could still be with. No. No, 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 no. No, this is, this is not one of those instances. I would say this is probably my number two comic to pick up from the week. Um, but awesome. number number one would be Killer Groove from Aftershock. That one has some real absolute potential. Um, I still got to finish Heroes in Crisis, um, but that's all I got, man. Uh, you know, we, there's the last issue of Spawn, but it's basically just a retelling until they... Some crazy thing happens on 300 in two months. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, what do we, I've got the... Uh, I've got, I'm going to go ahead and talk about uh, Chandra from uh, IDW. It's the Magic the Gathering books. Like, Please, because I, yeah. I hated the first one. You've got oh, some better sure. insight now. Oh, no, I mean, I've only seen two issues come out. In fact, I don't know. Let me check the... Uh, I didn't... It, you bring that up. That's a good point. Let me look at the credits here and see... Oh, geez, December 2018? What the frack? What the frack? Yeah, I, I've i looked for these and haven't been able to find them. Um, so that there's the whole thing has to have been out by now, if that's the case. Uh, no, no. no. November no. 2018, December no, these, 2018? No? These are, these are completely delayed. Yeah, you're like, I'm oh, really, barely, are they? I'm fairly certain issue two is the latest one, and... I, I I just didn't like it. I didn't like the art. It it, it just wasn't. It just wasn't my thing. I'm not saying you it's don't bad. like the art, huh? I didn't like the art. I, it, I'm not saying it's bad. I just didn't like it. Okay, let me. I'm gonna verify this, but uh, there it is. Yeah, 2018 IDW. Oh, you're right. November December. Maybe it didn't sell. I don't know. Wow. I I don't have a problem with the art. I think it's consistent throughout. Um, I can tell what I'm looking at from one panel to the next, and this is an outrageous amount of detail. You think of Chandra being a pyromancer, a flame-spewing person? She's got fire all the time. I mean, there's so much fire, and there's so much detail in the fire. And, uh, oh gosh, a Johnny. We get to see a Johnny in this, and then we get references to stuff that went down with Nicol Bolas and things like that. I'm like, I want to see Magic the Gathering planeswalkers and characters depicted. I want to see these people in these settings. I could take, like, I don't I don't see why, except for if nobody's buying it, like, why we wouldn't have a Soren Markov book just running in Innistrad and uh, with uh, Avison and stuff like that. Or, and then, like, they'd cross over. Why, if, if you've got the Fantastic Four, and you've got the X-Men, and you've got Spidey, and you've got the Avengers, and the entire lineup of the 60s, there's no reason why, with all these characters who are individually interesting and all have uh, particular personalities, you couldn't make this happen. It would make me want to do more with the games. It would make me want to do more with the... With, but, but, and then to come to find out this week that... Uh, the uh, what is what is it? The uh, the Russo brothers, Russo Who brothers. Is it that's, yep. Yeah, they're developing a Magic the Gathering movie or a Netflix series. I don't know what it is. Netflix but, uh, series. Netflix series. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take uh, it. 
I don't need... I mean, God help us as long as it's not like that first Dungeons & Dragons movie with a Wayans brother. Don't jam oh, a Wayans brother in there because they're not as popular as you think they are. Yeah, and don't they, fucking put Kevin Hart in that movie. Oh, God. The early, two, the early 2000s was just fucking shit show for movies. Let's just put this popular guy in. <laughs> I mean, they oh, still man. do it. But even then, it just feels like this Chandra story is such a missed opportunity. Uh... You know, we always say certain things write themselves. It's not always a good thing. It's not always a bad thing. Yeah. But we're, we're talking like uh, you you and I remember uh, it was like it was the first time you when I got you into magic. The first time I got you to play, built you that deck. And yeah, we were at we were at that store in Tulsa and I was shitting myself because I got that fucking Liliana uh, Liliana Planeswalker I'd been dying for. Mm-hmm. And but that was part of the uh, origin set. And. Okay. That was that was the flip the flip cards where you, where you get their original oh, hum, human totally. human or or their what or whatever species sure. they are until yeah. they got the spark and you activate the spark and then become their original planeswalker. But that was one of the first times they've really gone in depth in the in the when you got the fat packs and and they had extra uh, extrapolation on the story that was more than just a paragraph. And now uh-huh. they're doing now they're they're starting like uh, Dragonlance type type novellas that are coming out which is i can't fucking wait and and but why not if you're gonna do the comic and you're 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 getting into this why not just start from origins or or i know or 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 pick up pick anybody but chandra why is chandra why is why did we go there like there are any number of she's I get it, okay, she's a, a kind of an ingenue, but she understands her power, but she knows too much in these books. She's popping around from one one realm to the next and still making it home in time for dinner with her mom who's doting on her and, like, giving yeah. giving her grief about the amount of... Uh, it's like having Aunt May uh, pester her, but, like, the, you know, um, the one in Homecoming Crowl, I you know, I can't... Uh, Marissa Tomei. And, um... So I don't know. There's just and then like having a Johnny show up and just be like, "Hey, I'm just checking on you" or whatever. I think it should be harder for these characters to pop from one realm to the next or whatever. But I mean, if you're gonna do something like that, make it like the Highlander for crying out loud. Get Soren Markov to grab Nahiri and say, "I'm gonna make you into what you are. I'm gonna make you what I see. The untapped promise within you, and uh, and then show that betrayal. You know." Make it, make that's a great story right there. So you that, know that that would be amazing. Like I yeah. honestly just want to like stop the recording. Let's just fucking do it. Because Markov, <laughs> Markov, like that that vampire planeswalker. I'm sorry, commander deck I have just owns. Like you can't you. Can't, oh Edgar Markov. Yeah. Yeah, my my Edgar Markov deck. You won't you won't win. Like it, it's you're just it's just not gonna happen. I'm I. I'm sure you've got a deck like that. I can't wait. I have that deck. We played it. We played it. I played it against you and uh, somebody else. And I only failed because the uh, that 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 one anti-vampire card. I, I wish I knew what it was. But um, that fact, was hilarious, I, by the way. That was hilarious it? because Kindred, he, no, no, dominance. It, yeah, it was just it was just great because like you were doing so well with a deck you've never used before, and you mm-hmm. were going against someone that like like. That like I had that shitty grin the entire time. Y'all y'all shuffled and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. And you're oh, like, I mean, what? And you're like, what? And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Like, yeah, <laughs> my, my my first seven is just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for hit sure. Me as mu- hit me as much as you want, assholes. <laughs> it's gonna go happen. for it. I've got forty <laughs> life. Let's play. 
I've got Eminence. Yeah, there's a reason why that that uh, deck or that uh, Edgar Markov card got um, not necessarily banned, but just like taken out of. It's a dick move to use. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're straight off the bat. I mean, especially yeah. I mean, th these characters all by themselves are interesting to a degree, but I don't see just I just don't see like this issue one where it's like Chandra, blah blah blah. I'm telling you what my life is like and how cool it is. And, I mean, I've seen that done. I've seen it. It's every Spider-Man movie. Hey, what do I like about being Spider-Man? Everything. That's a terrible thing to stick into a Spider-Man movie, by the way. And they did that with The Amazing Spider-Man. No, he loves it, but he also hates it. It keeps him from dating Liz. It keeps him from dating Gwen. It keeps him from dating Mary Jane. It, keeps it, it, it pisses off Harry, you know, all the time. It's as well, much a burden as it is a great responsibility. And I feel like some of these characters make sense doing that, but other ones it's like, no, I want to learn all there is to know. I'm going to go back and say, like, you know, I just finished reading that Darth Plagueis novel from Star Wars, written masterfully by James Lucano, uh, or Lucino, I can't quite say it. And I got to say, that book was freaking phenomenal. And I could see the duality of characters where you have Darth Tenebris and Darth Plagueis as the Sith Lords, and then, you know, yeah, he's going to eliminate his master. And so Darth Plagueis goes out there and starts doing his thing, and then eventually encounters Sidious, as in, like, I'm going to take you on as my apprentice if you want to do it. And uh, get in there. And that book was so good, it makes me want to watch episode one just to see more Darth Sidious and go... From one sequence to the next. The whole last handful of chapters takes place during episode one and uh, leading you to episode two. And I'm just like, man, I just want a Darth Sidious book now that, with the same tenor that takes the entire film franchise up to the awful new ones. And, uh, and we see it from, uh, from Darth Sidious' perspective. Because up to a certain point, he comes off very, very well. A right. very... Like, they, they have their reasons for doing it, and I'm fascinated by it. And um, I could see that easily being the kind of thing that they do in a magic series, you know? You don't, have to ha you don't have to pop in characters just because you think that people like them. You know, you don't, like, okay, I get it, it's a fire type. But, like, yeah, do, do hey, do the green book, do the red book, do the plains book, do the dark book. Just but do it. I want to get back to what you said earlier uh, about, like, starting with Chandra. Uh -huh. uh, that's like... You're starting with Becky Lynch when you've got a Charlotte right there. For sure. Totally. Yeah. Uh, we want to, like... What was one of the best parts about Conan the Destroyer? Uh, you start out with a mean, nasty baddie. You already know that your fucking warrior is fucking amazing. Like, if you know anything about magic, you know your warriors are kick-ass. Give us the baddie to, like, for us to salivate to who is going to take over, you know? Uh -huh. uh, uh, why would you start with Becky when you've got Charlotte? Charlotte, the ultimate fucking women's heel, the best women's wrestler in the world right now. And you're going to start with Chandra. Why? It, it, even though, yeah, I'm, I'm biased, but at the same time, though, start with fucking, uh, um, God, why am I spacing? But Asuka? No, no, I'm talking magic. 
Oh, uh, magic. Uh, Liliana or... Liliana. Lili- why not start with Liliana? Or the Gor- Who's the Gorgon? Vraska the Gorgon. Oh, I love Vraska. That would have Vra- been gnarly. Oh, Dude. God. Mm. Yeah, I totally I totally like Vraska. I like I like that world. I love the, the pirate theme with dinosaurs. Huatli. Totally. I mean... It, you could you could do like the WWE comic, which after having read that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn one, <clears throat> I gotta say I'm in. I like it. I like that book, and I wanna I wanna start looking into it. Uh, it's that simple. You've got that many characters. You know. Oh, okay. You know why? Why? You know. Oh, am I gonna am I gonna collect every single issue because it's all doing it? Like if you're doing a consistent storyline, it makes sense. Like, are you gonna do? We're going to do two or three about Nisa, and then we're going to go over here and we're going to do one about uh, um, about Edgar Markov, and then we're going to go over here and we're going to do one about uh, um, Gideon or something like that. Or, or, like, you do one per thing and then see how they mesh together, or maybe you do it like a Marvel Comics Presents, and you're like, okay, there's going to be three different stories in here each time or something like that with uh, focusing on one of these characters. I just don't know if you can get that much relevance out of a short that can only be like three to six pages long. Agreed. That's difficult. But like I say, you know, do a plains book, do a red book, do a, a green book, do a swamp book, whatever. Jace. Jace is a big deal. People love using Jace. People hate Jace. Uh, do something with Sauron. those characters, you know? Dude, it, it would be perfect. Uh, could you imagine just like... like Okay, great. I'd love to get the the the, the paper bounds because I want to put it in my back pocket and read it everywhere I go because I love paperbacks. Mm-hmm. But to get that to get that nice hardback, slip bound set, each one a different the the right color, you know, green, blue, in that nice. Oh set man! To, to, to yeah, match think of the it. displayability. You know. Yeah. Look at those trade paperbacks up there. Those are all of the. Those are the. That's the. That's the six part Gideon book. That's the six part Jace book. Right. You know. Right. That'd be rad. IDW, if you're listening, you guys can do this. If you've got a license, tell us what tell us what the problem is. What so, I'll tell we'd love to get an email. I want to know. Why why is this so behind? Is there a problem with the license? Is there a problem with the creative team? I mean, things happen. It's okay. Did somebody die? I get it. Whatever. But like what what's the deal? If you've got the license for Chandra, if you've got the Magic, the Gathering license, go fucking balls deep on this balls, one. Do the balls hilt. deep. Get balls out there. Because you, you own the market. There are no novels. I mean, or, or what did this... I mean, we didn't hear anything about this Netflix series until this week. So right. you've had... Six months to get more content out there. Content is king. Please, IDW, somebody from IDW, if you're listening, shoot us a line. I would just, I would, I, I would love it. I would love to know what the, what the deal is. Can you hear me, brother? Anyway, yeah, that's what I've got on yeah, that. Yeah, uh, that's all I got for this week. I got a really good idea, and I don't want to put it on tape yet. Are you fiddling around with Skype? I'm getting a weird noise. Yeah. <laughs> all right y'all uh y'all i just y'all sorry i just oklahoma on you all um all right yeah hey that's what we're gonna say for right now we're gonna talk and uh 
We'll come at you with more uh, comics and wrestling content soon. Uh, probably some do some more Star Trek. Probably do an X Files. We definitely watched the X Files together, and um, I owe watching a lot of X Files uh, for damn sure. Though I'm I'm just enjoying the hell out of watching season three, rewatching season three of Deep Space Nine for some reason. I can't get enough of it. I'll watch three or four of them at a time. No, that's it, man. It's so uh, fast. Uh, give, us, uh, give us Bring our send-off. This of is dangerous. Memories. All right, folks. What else do you got to tell us, Josh? Noise. This is dangerous. Uh, this transmission was coming to you, but now it's not. Oh, by the way, hell yeah. Tomorrow night, I'm going to go see The Crystal Method. The Crystal Method, which is not Prodigy. I know that. But uh, The Crystal Method in Tulsa... Uh, I saw him yeah. last year in September. Guys, this is dangerous. The Crystal Method. Um, can't wait, can't wait. All right, that's our send-off. I'm cut. This is dangerous. Take it easy.